Rick and Morty is a show about smart people for smart people. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a show about dumb people for smart people. And The Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people for dumb people. <laughs> This is Alex, and uh, here with me, as always, is Will. Will Brenton. I will Brenton. I'm here. I'm with the uh, Hobbytown Hobbyplex. I am mentally exhausted today. We did a lot of stuff today. We did the house jump today, and it was successful. I flew some planes today. Then I thought my phone got stolen for like 20 seconds, and I about had a nervous breakdown. I'm having a brutal day today. And I think I got sunburned. Mm. You look a little tan. So we need to remind everybody, as always, that Pivot Lending Group is our full-time show sponsor. If you mention the Hobbyplex show, you can get a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your rate. It's uh, either or, not both. And uh, you can get a hold of Don Zoller at, uh, at pivotlendinggroup.com. And uh, they'll take care of you for a, a refinance or a home loan, whatever you need to get, they're on it. And they're how we can come weekly for this thing. It's pretty exciting. I, I enjoy it. Me too. I, I, uh, Dave was saying last week that we we had three, uh, what was it, leads? Yeah. No, they got three pre-qualified people um, using them for their services. So that's, at least we're getting somewhere. To me, that just meant that it's going to be paid for for a little while longer. Like it's, you know. Yeah, it it. Yeah, it's doing something. At least three people listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think we got a pretty good following so far. I, I need to keep uh, bugging LiveRC to kind of help us out. But I, I go on and I, I post uh, in a lot of different places on Facebook when we have new episodes. So I hope that helps. Yeah, usually end up. Yeah, usually you end up getting the groups that I'm in too. And yeah. I just share it in my news feed and my mom will listen to it. You know, yeah. So that's at least one more. So four. And I do get, uh, people I, listen. I have noticed in the store that, uh, we get a lot more people that come in that say, Hey man, keep the videos up on YouTube. And I'm like, Oh, freaking sweet. Yeah, I will. Although yeah. I we're not streaming tonight. I don't, I didn't feel yeah, like it. Cool. I look like crap and I yeah, feel I mean, like crap. So we'll just, uh, we'll just hold off. I'll wait for Thursday. Coronavirus update. You know, um, the governor talked about lifting some restrictions. However, it does seem like the 10 person limit won't be lifted until May 31st. So I think our racing until that point is still going to be on hold. Yeah. That's a huge bummer. Yeah. I wonder how it'll, how it'll come back if it'll go back to like 50 then, or if it'll just be the floodgates open. Yeah. Back I don't to know. As usual. All I know is I got so much work to do out there. We got to find a time um, to do it. Uh, scheduling wise, I, I don't want to interrupt practice for too long, but you know, the track needs a complete redo. The back wall needs to be fixed. Kind of a spring cleaning sort of deal. Yeah. And with this house jump thing kind of out of the way now, I'll have some time now on Mondays. Maybe I can go do that on my own, you know, just get some start, start cleaning up around the backsides and stuff and see, see what it looks like. Yeah. See what you got. See how bad it really is type yeah. thing. Tell me about your sand scorcher. We ordered a sand scorcher for you. Have you started building it yet? Oh, no, it's it's not for me. I was, uh, I traded it for a scooter. So I thought it was an 02, 03 Yamaha Zuma, but actually it may be a 2008. Really? I don't know until I see the title, but the guy that owns the motorcycle shop that I go to, um, it turns out he lives kind of in my neighborhood so he's just going to drop it off tomorrow night after work. So and you just uh, had to deliver a non-built sand scorcher? Yeah. Weird. He I wanted thought, to build it. I, I thought like, he wanted you, you to, want build me to build it, it for, it for you. No. he. Uh, I was like, do you want me to build it for you? He's like, no, I want to build it. That's like the fun. And I was like, dude, there's there's like guys that race that run cars that I built for them that, and they've never built a kit before. He started laughing. He thought that was really funny. Yeah. I, I build kits for people sometimes and I, I usually just charge like a hundred bucks. And then if you want me to wire it, it's another like 50 bucks. 
and I shorten all the wires and stuff. But right. I usually don't like tell a ton of people I'll do it, but it's kind of nice to like when a new kit comes out, you can kind of count on a few guys having me build their cars. Um, but he was actually friends with an old family friend of ours that we knew from go-kart racing. And I didn't realize that. And we got to, because t- this, this friend of ours, his son has a, uh, 03 Zuma that has like some crazy, uh, engine in it and some other stuff. And it like does wheelies. And he's telling me he uses his pit bike at his, uh, road course motorcycle racing. And he said he has to carry like three belts with them because it'll just break belts in <laughs> the transmission. <Right. laughs> he has that much power. But yeah, I thought that was kind of, kind of cool because, uh, the, the friend of ours actually, or a friend, like the family friend, he passed away in like 2014. So we, I, we were actually both at his funeral together and we didn't know each other yet. So that's kind of odd, you know? Yeah. But, um, so that kind of gave us something in common, a little bit more in common, but yeah, he just wanted a sand scorcher and there's some, some other parts that I need to buy for it. Uh, the scooter. And he was like, well, you, I need a charger and a battery and a radio. Do you want to? do some more trading I'm like ah, i don't care do you want to do that and he's like ah sure so but yeah he didn't he didn't want we, want me to build it and he's he said i want he wanted to build it so who knows if it'll actually get built he collects tamaya or temia models and uh cars and stuff so and he has them like on display in his shop so who knows maybe it won't get built it'll just be a shelf queen in the box who knows so you're gonna have your main ruckus scooter and then you're gonna have this scooter mm-hmm. yeah well i'll probably just alternate between the two like eh, i feel like riding the zuma today i'll ride the zuma nice i have a feeling them and it like one of them's gonna be like way faster than the other one and i'm just gonna want to ride that one all the time do you think the one you're trading for when it's all done will be faster yeah oh, okay it's gonna be like a 20 25 to 30 horse uh two stroke 70 cc Two stroke. So the Ruckus is actually only, I think, three and a half or four horsepower mm. and out of a uh, 50cc in two, or a four stroke engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so CCs really doesn't cor- or translate to horsepower, but you can. there's a lot more power with a two stroke engine to be had. But yeah, I, I, I think it'll be considerably faster i don't know how much it'll probably it'll probably go about the same top speed but it'll just get there quicker when do you think you're going to drive an rc car next <laughs> probably june did you see my video today i don't know no i didn't see it aaron was t- my wife was telling me about it when i got home and i was like oh i didn't see it yet so i'll have to check it out i'm looking forward to watching it so i've always i always wanted to do that <laughs> We finished the jump last night, and uh, it's considerably larger than what we started with. Then we went and we tested it today. I went and flew today, too. That was nice. Mm-hmm. I broke in my extra 300, and uh, that thing is so fast and so twitchy. It's not easy to fly. I thought it'd be a little easier. I think it's because I put a too, li- too large of a battery in it, so the CG is like way nose-heavy, and I had to compensate with oh. a, lot of, a lot of elevator. So I'm going to try it with mm-hmm. a lighter weight battery and see what happens. And then I'm going to go from there. But uh, I flew that today. What size battery do you have in it well, right I had a now? 3800, like what's, a, what's a big battery versus small battery? A 3800 four-cell Gen's Ace. And it's it's fairly long and big, and it, it does weigh a lot. And the battery that they mm-hmm. recommend for it is more of like a, e, like a Spectrum or E-Flight 3000, and it's considerably smaller, even in the four-cell mm-hmm. setup. So it's considerably lightweight. But I just wanted a runtime. But... Uh, it does yeah. fly a little nose heavy, so I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try again with a different battery. I might even use a three cell because it's so much power that I think a three cell might even be fine. And I got plenty of those. Yeah, you could do a three cell and then a different prop. But that I was fun to be out at the Hawks it. today. Um, it was really nice out. Really beautiful day. It wasn't a lot of wind, and I went up there and they're trying to keep people out of the field because they only want ten on the field so they don't get the cops cut on them or whatever. And so you had to open up the gate and then close the gate, which is fine. No problem with that. And then uh, there was already like four people there. And if there's more than 10, you have to wait in your car and you have to like alternate getting in and out of your car and all that stuff. So if there's more than 10 people there, I just turn around and leave. Luckily, it was nice. There's only four or five of us. And uh, I got a chance to fly today. I made a little short YouTube video. 
out of that. I didn't get very good footage because the Emerson didn't want to come. And the gentleman that I had film some stuff actually put his finger over the video camera. So, oh. so all we got for six minutes was a finger over the video. So that's kind of lame. That's too bad. So I just got, I got footage that I just took myself kind of like uh V blog style and, uh, yeah. and, and did that. So, and then, uh, then we came home and I took this jump down to where we tested our jump last time and gave it a go. And the first jump we did was uh, 78 feet. So we picked up eight feet and then mm-hmm. I thought I could do better because uh, I didn't really get into it. So I sent it again and uh, we hit about 80 feet that time and uh, the truck's still in one piece. And so took it home and uh, we went to Home Depot because my my uh, driveway's not cut, right? So there would be, there would have been a bump right before the jump, which is not what you want, especially when you're doing 60 miles an hour. So I uh, put this piece of plywood down. I put a piece of uh, two by four underneath of it to flatten it out. So there was a nice transition. And uh, I went for it. The first one, uh, it wheelied again and hit the jump flat and landed on my roof upside down. <laughs> so that one, we didn't take any, that one, we didn't keep. I threw that video away. The second one, I got into it really well and, and just, just, I didn't let off and I just sort of, you know, drove it into the ramp and it, it cleared it and it landed it. So I did multiple backflips and then in the backyard when I went to get it, it was actually sitting upright and it wasn't broken. So yeah, and Emerson was on the roof taking video and he missed it. He got only half the jump. So he's like, you got to do it again. So I had to go back and do it again. And then this time we got the whole thing. So we got uh, two angles. We got the angle from my phone and then the angle from him. He sent me the email. I just have to figure out how to get it into my edits. And then um, I'm going to post that to YouTube. So we did it. I'm glad we did it because I'm kind of tired of it, to be honest with you. It's three straight weeks. Two of them were failures. I don't think I could have taken another failure. So uh, I'm glad it's out of the way. Emerson's going to use that jump now for a quarter pipe for his uh, skateboard. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So then I'll move on. I'm going to start working on our crawler course outside. Go from there. In your yard? Not in my yard. No, no, I'm not going to do the one in my yard. I Gretchen, she's not, uh, she's not good with that idea. Nah. She, yeah, she's, she's kind of reclaiming the yard a little bit. So I'm just going to make the one at the Plex better. I have a question for you, Will. Okay. Maybe you can school me because, um, as everybody knows, I'm not an engineer. Attention, Hobbyplex podcast listeners. This is a friendly reminder that host Alex Sturgeon is not an engineer. Thank you. I just want everybody to know that. Is WD-40 a solvent? Yeah, it it definitely, like, displaces stuff. It'll, it'll break stuff down, so I would consider it a solvent, I guess. In the literal sense, I mean, it's mostly kerosene. I looked up the definition of solvent on the dictionary, and it says able to dissolve other substances. Yeah. But, but I, th- I mean, I, I thought the whole point of W40 was to eliminate ice and stuff from NASA uh, rockets. Wasn't that the story behind WD-40 that they, they were trying to find something that they could coat these rockets with to, to, to have the ice well, and that, stuff that, shimmy off of it or whatever. And, and isn't that why it's WD-40 like water displacement? Yeah. Water displacement 40th try is what WD-40 stands for. There's also a company that makes something called JB-80 and it's, uh, was it two better or something like that? <laughs> but it's, it's something similar to WD-40, but it's JB-80. Nice. Um, but yeah, I guess it, it is a solvent. Then it has, I know it has chlorine in it. I've heard that before. Um, why do you bring this up? Well, okay. I don't normally take comments to heart on YouTube because majority of people suck. But one of them was, I, I have this how-to video of how to um, unfreeze and, and get a T-Max engine running, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I went over how, you know, if it's frozen, you got to take it, take the engine off, take the back plate off and spray it out. I spray it out usually with motor spray. I think that works fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can also use WD-40, right? 
Yeah, it's not ideal to have inside of an engine. WD-40, since it has, like, all the stuff that kind of eats up metal or, you know, so, like, in the machining world, you can use uh, WD-40 as a lubricant on aluminum because it'll break down the aluminum and shear it. So you, you can get a mirror finish with carbide on aluminum, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess in the literal sense, it kind of breaks down uh it'll it can break down aluminum it'll protect steel but it'll break down aluminum and all your pistons and engines are usually aluminum unless it's like something really old but won't it burn away once you start running the engine won't it won't it burn away with the rest of the stuff in there well i have a piston that somebody put wd-40 in and there's a bunch of little uh perforations or dots in it from the reaction of the heat and the WD-40 because it'll dissolve or crack aluminum. Mm. Like expect, because the piston, the, the pistons that we use are cast. Right. So it's not like a high quality aluminum. I mean, it's a high quality aluminum, but it's still cast, right? So it's going to be kind of semi-porous and it gets in those pores and like separates it. So I, I've always just like, if I, like when I worked at the store and I needed to get, Angry T-Max guys, old T-Max going, I would just take the back plate off and I'd take the head off and the button off and the carb off and just uh, just take fuel out of the fuel bottle and put fuel in it. And that usually breaks down the oil and everything. And that to me, that that's what works best because that's what's going to go in the engine is fuel. So right. it has the, it's the methanol like is designed to, or I mean to, can, it'll just uh, absorb the oil and everything because what's holding the engine together, it's like gummed up, is the residual oil that's left in there. All the fuel and methanol and nitro evaporated out of the oil, so all that's left is the oil and it's all sticky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like caster. And like as a like an after run oil, you could just use like just straight up 30 weight non detergent uh, mobile one. I mean, that, if you're going to let your engine sit for a long time, that's all I've ever used is something like that. Or, and really, like, the lubricants that are in the uh, fuels now, like Byron's and VP, I mean, they're all, they all use castor. There's so much castor oil in it. So you could use, like, straight-up castor oil or just let it sit with the fuel in it. Yeah, honestly, I've, I, the last time I had my own engine that I broke in from start to finish, I think... I don't think I used after an oil. I just, I, I was running Byron's yeah, fuel, I've, so I just kind of left it. Yeah, I've never used after an oil in an engine. Like, you could use, like, three-in-one, I would think. I don't know. I don't know the properties of it, but any kind of light oil would be fine. Mm. As long as it doesn't have a detergent and as long as it uh, isn't something that's going to harm aluminum. So, basically, I am a dumb butt. Because that's what the guy called me, but not with the butt part. Am well, I am I a dumb butt? I wouldn't call you dumb. I mean, maybe just ignorant to the fact that 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 can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's not it's not that you think it's better, and I can't uh, convince you otherwise. It's that you just didn't know, right? right. Yeah. And you know, guys like us, we're kind of self-taught. So, I mean, if it was working for you, why would you know any different? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, WD-40 has a lot of kerosene in it. I know, I believe it to have chlorine in it. I've been told that. I mean, I've I've never uh, uh, deconstructed it or I've never talked to the guy that uh, invented it. So I don't know entirely sure. But I know it has a lot of kerosene in it because we used to use it to clean clutch plates on centrifugal clutches for go-kart racing because it has no uh, lubricity properties that's going to um, affect the the clutch plates so you could use it to clean clutch plates and it would be fine it's pretty much just kerosene why would we use it on tracks i know some tracks have used buckets of wd-40 on their track what's why do they do that then it's a petroleum-based product so by putting that in the track you're essentially like saucing the tires through the track and you're kind of putting that you're putting that thing that breaks down rubber in the track so it's going to attract or you know it's going to uh take rubber 
easier because that's in the track, so it grooves faster. Mm. That makes sense. Okay. So you're pretty much like you know on carpet tracks they put SXT or something like in spots on the track to build grip in those sections. Right. You're essentially just prepping the tires from the track. That's why that works so well because you have any time. That's why it's so critical. Or usually a track is better if everybody uses the same tire goop because the what you're putting down on the track is the same as the tires that are on the track. So you're you have like surfaces that are gripping. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I always wondered that. I know, um, what track did we go to? Was that Rockford? And I think they, they, they yeah. had their track sprayed with WD 40. Yeah. They'd spray the track with WD 40 and then they would, would put uh tide powder soap on it. And the tide soap has, uh, or like tide old track moisture. So and it has like, I don't know if it's exactly calcium, but it works like calcium to where it att- attracts moisture. Like, let's say you have an outdoor track and it's middle of summer and uh, you can't get it to hold moisture and you put um, calcium on it. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, the little calcium pellets that you put onto the track will ha- start having like a black ring around them from the water it's pulling up through the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really cool like to see it. But, um, yeah, they did that and they had like that aerator, uh, or like the sod aerator. And so that's why the, that, that place had tons of grip. Yeah. yeah like did. traction rolling in, uh, middle, middle sections and stuff. Uh, that place had a ton of grip. I'm trying to think if we need to do something different to our track or not. I don't know. I don't know. W40 is cheap enough that you could do something like that or even powdered tide. Uh, Brian Burnt used to tell me he'd use Dawn soap in a, uh, like one of the, like one of those attachments for like weeds and stuff yeah. that you could put on a garden hose or for like for fertilizer. Well, I used to do that, fill that up with Dawn soap. I used to do that at Lincoln track, the outdoor track. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd soap the track and it would, it would definitely yeah. hold moisture for an outdoor track. It would definitely hold moisture a lot longer. I think that like, uh, indoor though, you'd, you'd end up with a better groove because yeah. really like, uh, the th- like, Having the moisture content this as consistent as possible through uh, a surface is what makes it grippy or not grippy. Yeah. So, like, if you have water underneath and the top is super dry and it's, like, capped, it's not going to build as much grip. So then you have to run softer tires because of all the moisture underneath. Then let's say it cools off. Well, that moisture comes up, like, evaporates or um, kind of dews over the track. And since the track is capped, like you have that hard surface on top and you just end up with like slime on top of the track. So you have to have something that cuts through the slime. Mm. I was using that stay wet stuff, but I haven't, I haven't applied it for a while. Yeah. I, yeah. I usually, I usually apply a lot of it when we do the track build for the race that would have been this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I still got three quarters of a, of a five gallon bucket of that stuff. That might be worth putting on. Uh, I can't remember if it took rubber better after that or not. Oh, it did. Like the, I think it did faster. I used I started using yeah. it the the spring race of 2017. It was the year after the TLR Cup when we had that super amazing. I think probably the best track we've ever had, where it had that six pack going uphill, mm-hmm. and it was like real rhythmy. So you came in and you kind of had to set it up, and then you go bop 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 all the way up the hill. That was when we had that that little straightaway at the hump at the 180, right? Yeah. That okay. Was, that was, I really I, like that layout. I, I watched a video of it the other day. If we put in for Nats and get the Nats, that is going to be our layout. That track's coming back for that. With, be with, sweet. with a couple tweaks, a couple of tweaks, but but that's basically coming coming going to be coming what it is. I got the house jump done, so I'm going to start working on the crawler horse. I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm really happy about that because I have some really cool ideas and I need to gather materials for it. I think it's going to be good. And since we're not doing anything for another month, this COVID thing sucks, by the way. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Like, I kind of forget about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in the pandemic. I had to wait outside. <laughs> I had to wait outside you know? in line today at, at Home Depot. So that was kind of lame. Yeah, I did that the other day or on Saturday or Sunday. We had to wait out line of um, bike rack. For like 20 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. They were only allowing 10 <laughs> people in their store. 
I hung out, though. I waited because Emerson needs to get his bike fixed so we can ride together, father and son again. Well, hey, you know, when I got uh, when I have two scooters, you have to come down and ride scooters with me some night. Yeah, absolutely. You can just ride. You can just ride one of mine. So they found a dead body in Wilderness Park. Do you remember that? No, it was like a month How ago. Long ago was this? Wilderness Park is a mountain really? bike trail, jogging trail in Lincoln, and they found a dead body in there. And it, it apparently had been dead for a while. Like it, I think it was a she had been passed away for a while. But they, they, I can't remember if they eliminated foul play. They think it was just um, like a vagrant or something that just. Oh really? Died. Oh, I guess I did hear about that. Yeah, that'd be weird huh. to be on a mountain bike ride and then poof, hey, there's a dead body right there. Yeah, you kids want to see a dead body? <laughs> you ever see uh, Stand By Me? You ever watch that bit in that movie? It's got River, oh, River, yeah. River Phoenix in it. And mm-hmm. uh, the dude from, um, wasn't the dude from Star, wasn't, wasn't Will Wheaton in that movie? Will, Will Wheaton? Wheaton? I don't, Wheaton? I don't know if Will Wheaton was in that movie. He might have been. Wait, what a minute. What did you just say? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. All right, say Wheat. Wheat. I'll say Wheaton. Wheaton. There's a whole family family guy bit I caught the other day of uh, where Stewie uh, managed to get all the Star yeah, Trek Next Generation episodes. Yeah, I was doing it. Yeah, I was doing it. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart's like Will Wheaton. Patrick Stewart's like, "What did you say? Say Wheat." So he says that he goes Wheat, and then he now say now say Wheaton, and he goes Will Wheaton. Who did Will Wheaton play on Star Trek? Oh God, uh, Wesley Crusher. That's actually an open-ended storyline too. Like he's gone with the traveler. He's he, the traveler came back and they like went into this new dimension or whatever like that. I, I wonder if he's going to be on Picard sometime. Mm, could be. It's an open-ended part of the show. There is no finale to that. He just went off with the traveler and, and now they got this Picard show. So I don't know, maybe my sister's shaking her head. No, that'd be cool. My sister's oh, I guess it wouldn't be shaking his head, maybe. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I get a kick out of my, my Facebook well, feed brings up um, every once in a while the Big Bang Theory like clips and stuff. And I love when Will Wenton's on that show. Will Wheaton. Yeah, I hate I hate the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so does my sister. She hates it. It, it. It's like what dumb people think smart people are like. I watched one show. It's like it's a it's a show about smart people for dumb people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is so like uh what is it rick and morty is a show about smart people for smart people always sunny in philadelphia is a show about dumb people for smart people and uh the big bang theory is a show about smart people for dumb people <laughs> i think that's pretty that good. is pretty funny that's that's a straight up thing <laughs> yeah like i i watched like one episode of that show and it's like it's it's what people that can't do trigonometry think people that can do tri- trigonometry are like, right? Do you think RC cars could ever make any TV show? I think they've tried it before. Maybe there was a pilot that that I remember hearing about, but like, just there is there is a level of drama in RC. The thing is, is like you'd almost have to because on on do you remember on Discovery Channel they had that show about go karting? Yeah like go-kart racing and they followed these families and I don't think they really traveled it was like local racing, but it was on discovery channel. Mm. I, I, I think I can't remember a lot about it. I remember I was like in junior high school and I was racing. There was a t- huge like uptick in kart racing because of that show. And everybody in racing watched that show. Then it just like, I just remember it going away. Like I never really heard yeah. anything about it. The I mean, thing is, is the people, the people that they would need to follow discovery would have to like travel all over the country. They'd have to hope all the same guys are there. It, it'd almost be like what they do with, with those, those one like come drive with us videos. Sure. It's yeah. almost like they do something like that for TV. They should do like a come drive with us series over an entire season Circuit. of racing yeah. with like the top six drivers that they can count on being there all the time and nobody cares about getting paid about it or for it or anything like that just let them produce this show and 
post it because people would love, I'm sure people would really be into it. Um, but there's just so much going on with RC. It's like, you'd have to just strip it. Like a problem is, is like the way we race, you know, it's not something that a lot of people are going to come and watch qualifying. No, I know. And even when we are racing, a lot of people don't know what's going on unless you do it. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for the average person to really grasp. I watched, I rewatched the 2008 eight scale Ifmar worlds the other day working on stuff. And that, that was, that is an amazing production. Race. Yeah. That's a good race. It's, it was, is it 45 minutes or an it hour? An hour. So remember. much happened in that hour too. Like so much Mayfield stuff was happened. supposed to win. He had, he, he like could have, could have won like three different times and that, uh, he had engine problems and then truly led for a while. And then who, who was it? Uh, Hara Sushihara. Yeah, Sushihara. Is that who won? Yeah. Yeah. And he like ran engine off the shelf, car off the shelf, regular stuff and had it figured out and, and it was just there. At well, the and he end. also like had, one, he had one less fuel stop. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what actually won it for him. If I remember right. It's oh, been yeah. years since I watched that video. Yeah, it was but one less when I think when I think of a good product RC car production of like a like a race like I think of that video. Yeah, because that one like Scotty Ernst and Charlie Swanko were announcing, so you had the two best announcers in the biz. They know what's going on the whole time, and there was a lot happening in that race. I'm yeah. sure some people want to forget the race. You know, like if I was Ryan, I would. Because that was a huge heartbreaker. I thought he was going to win that. I was, I would, I was going to be so happy. Oh my god, that would have been insane. And that was with a Losi car too, wasn't it? Two thousand eight. Ryan, what was no, Ryan? Oh, it was Thunder Tiger. He had a Thunder Tiger. Yeah, way back then. The Reedy that engine. Been a Thunder Tiger. No, that that was an RC eight. Was it? Yeah, that would have been that would have been right when the RC eight came out. Oh. Because I remember Stevie and. Uh, Tommy like came into the store and ordered him if I remember right. Oh yeah. It was around that time. It was like when the RCA first came out and Associate had their own production. Yeah. Eight scale. I'm gonna open up my uh, kickstart. Yeah, why don't you? Not that I need any caffeine right now. Yeah, you jittery. <sighs> hey, pass me a kickstart. I am kind of jittery today. I think it was just yeah. the hype of the of do actually getting the jump done, mm-hmm. and then and then thinking my phone was stolen within like twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm like exhausted. That would have fre- like that would have freaked exhausted. me out. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? So we didn't get any questions, man. I'm like bummed out. Did we ask for any? Yeah, I did. I went on there. Oh, and I, did. I didn't see. No, I did. I I was so busy today. I was doing all kinds of stuff at work, huh? We only had one comment, and it was just it was. I posted that video of the outcast crashing through the jump again, mm-hmm. and basically the comment just said, "Still awesome to watch." And I'm like, "Well, that's good. How about you ask a question? Come on, let's get some questions yeah. going. Maybe next week." So, like, what I do at work is uh, somebody will bring in like a hydraulic cylinder with like broken stuff, and I like have to remake all the stuff and put it put it back together, weld it, make mm. stuff on the lay of their mill, and then uh, put it back together and ship it. Or not ship it, but, I mean, they come and get it when it's ready. Yeah. Um, so, like, this the, the hydraulic cylinder rod is supposed to be straight. This thing was bent at, like, a 90-degree angle. Like, it was messed up, like, really bad. And uh, so that was pretty much my afternoon was remaking all that stuff. Fun. Then... So it was so bent, I couldn't measure it very easily. And um, I took took my measurement off of one side of it. I'm like, yeah, that'll be close enough. And I go over and cut it and I make, make the whole one end of it. And I go to measure it and I was like, oh, no. I sawed it off at like a half inch short. So I had to remake another one and then try to bust ass and get it done in, under the time that I quoted the guy because then if – I don't do that. Then we lose money yeah. you know, if I'm spending extra time on something. So I ended, so I made one and a half rods in the time that I quoted them to make one. <laughs> but it's like you kind of, you have to know where you can cut corners and how you can get away with doing some stuff to 
make it work and not destroy things on, on a machine. That was annoying. <laughs> uh, we need to take a moment to, <laughs> uh, to listen to uh, David Olson <laughs> and or Don Zoller and our uh, pivotlending.com sponsor. And now a word from our sponsors. This is a Pivot Lending Update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. Hey guys, this is Alex Sturgeon with the uh, Hobbytown Hobbyplex here for the Hobbyplex show. And we are here with our title sponsor for the uh, Hobbyplex show, Pivot Lending Group, pivotlending.com. We're with David Olson and uh, we get to talk about markets and, and houses being sold and bought and all that other fun stuff. Don't forget about Don Zoller. She's ready to get you going. Yeah. So you can buy a house and be happy. Yep. Or refinance. All and, the above. And get a little bit of stuff in your pocket. A little cash. A little lettuce. I don't think I've ever actually used that term. That, oh, I God, I use lettuce all the time. A little lettuce. scratch. Yeah. So what's up? So what's going on? First of all, the, the show's been great. I listen to it every weekend. I think you guys do a great job on it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It, it sounds really, really good. Will just cracks me up because hearing Will laugh makes me laugh too. So it's just really funny. And then, so it's almost like you're the parent and he's the kid. So <laughs> I'm sure he's going to love that. <laughs> but as far as market movements are going, um, we just wanted to let everybody know right now, rates have come down. Last time we were here, we were high fours, I think. Uh, low fives were down to low threes, uh, in some cases right at three on the secondary market, we should be hitting uh, sub threes, hopefully within the next probably two weeks, three weeks or and sooner. When, when we talk about the, the actual rates, can you equate that into actual dollar terms, what that means for a person buying a house, what they're actually going to owe or save if, if, if they get, you know, a really good rate versus yep. a not so good rate at the end of their 30 year, if they, if they, stay there and there that long? Yeah. That's a great question because a lot, there's a lot of folks out there that are waiting to refinance until the rate drops 1%. Mm-hmm. And it's all a function on loan size. So, I mean, if you have a, an $80,000 loan, you really almost need one and a half percent drop. If you have a $400,000 loan, you can use it, you can make a half a percent drop. So quantitatively, yeah, we can figure that out. Typically, if you're at you know, a 1% drop in rate on 200,000, you're probably looking at somewhere between 70, hundred bucks a month, somewhere right in there. In fact, what we'll look at doing, we'll do a break-even analysis on it. Right. We so, talked about that. Yeah. Before. yeah. So it, it makes sense because again, if, if you're below a hundred grand, I mean, it takes several months to break even on that. So it may not be in your best interest to refinance. As far as the market movement goes right now, uh, rates are kind of stalled a little bit because of the issues we're having in servicing and subservicing with the the last stimulus package that came out and the protection um, and allowing the borrower to skip payments over the next three to six months. Uh, there in the servicing world, you have two schedules of payments. So if I'm receiving payments and I'm I'm a bank or I'm I'm working on behalf of the bank. There is actual, actual, and then there's schedule, schedule. So actual, actual means that as the payment comes in, you make the payment to the investor, which is Fannie Mae or Ginnie Mae, or to, you, you make the payment for them on their behalf. If it's schedule, schedule, if you don't receive a payment as the servicer, you still have to make the payment for the borrower. So right now, there's a, a lot of servicers out there that are on the hook for the next six months for making these payments for everybody and has created a huge issue and kind of a bind on their side because they're like, look, we're not taking on any more additional volume right now because we're already covering, you know, the current slack that's, that's going to go into forbearance over the next six months. And we're concerned that any new loans that we put on the books, that immediately that borrower is going to go into forbearance. So right now, and I know that it's FHFA, which is uh, Federal Housing Finance Authority. So uh, they regulate uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, as far as get the guidelines go. And they're looking 
to put some relief into the servicers as a backstop so that they'll start buying loans. So it's kind of a weird time. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277585.
Oh yeah, she used to. I think she she uh, she she has to drive so far out of the way to go. She has to drive a half hour from her work to go to the track, and we have the dogs at home now. So, and it's like I'm there. She gets off work at five, and I'm at the track till six seven, and so she has to come and take let the dogs out because they would have been in the kennel like way too long if we. Right didn't come out, come back. So it's not that she doesn't want to, it's just like, it just doesn't make sense to, but at some point I'm sure she'll make it out. Gretchen put in her time. Yeah. I think I've mentioned this before. When we were dating, we went to many, many, many races together and she was there for a lot. Like, um, the 2004 Nats, she came down the, on main day. no, the, the last day of qualifying, she came down. So she was really there to support. There's been a couple of races we went to. She probably wishes she hadn't gone to because I did really bad and then was like a total buttwad, you know, on the, on the drive <laughs> home. And uh, she's like, yeah. why do you even do this if you hate it so much? I'm like, I don't hate it. I just didn't have a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after uh, after we got married, she still came. But basically after Emerson was born, that was kind of it. That was kind of it. No, yeah. no, she still well, traveled. She went to, uh, what, there was a race in Tilton, Illinois that we went two years in a row with. That was one of the last ones. She was kind of, she kind of had enough of week long races after that. But Emerson, I think was three or four years old. I think that was 2008, maybe 2010, somewhere in there. Cause I was running eight scale yeah. nitro, something big. She went mm-hmm. to, uh, she, w- she went to a race at leisure hours two years ago with Emerson and I, and I think that was the last race that she really went with me to. And it's not that like she doesn't, she doesn't want to go, but it's not like she wouldn't go if I asked her. She just doesn't need to go now because I got I got my kid with me. Yeah, it, Aaron would go. It it's uh, and she like if we end up going to those J Concepts races in uh, Michigan and the one in Texas, she said she wanted to go to one of them. But for her, like she's like I just don't have anything to do on there. I'm like yeah. that's understandable. Like you you know like. You have to, it, it's only really a good time if you're involved, you know, and Plus, I was like, well, maybe I'll build her a car. And she's like, ah, I don't want to race because I'm too competitive. I'm not going to be good at it. It's and I'm like, getting well, it's better not really about that, but it's getting better, but there's still a thing about being a girl or a woman at, at RC car races that are mostly dominated by men, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, Back oh, yeah. in the back in the day, this is going to get slightly personal, but back in the day when uh, Gretchen, my wife, wore uh, more. Let's see, I'm trying. Risque. I'm trying not to get in trouble, but she wears really nice clothing. She likes to look good every day. Just you know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure most wives do. Like me, yeah. But yeah. when we first met, uh, she did wear thongs, and one race in particular in Lincoln, actually, of all places. She was there with me on like a club night because when I used to run that track, she was down below, she was in the pits. And remember, Lincoln's pit lane's really low. It's not raised mm-hmm. up. It, I mean, yeah. it's raised up a little bit, but oh. you still got to bend over to get it. So we're up on the driver's mm-hmm. stand and uh, I asked her to, to fuel up my car and grab my car. And she does. She bent all the way down. She kind of squatted to get the fuel in the fuel tank and out pops her thong in the back. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause she's not, she's mm-hmm. got, you know, kind of low cut jeans and she used to have her mm-hmm. midriff out, all, you know, back then. And I'm not saying she's not skinny enough to do so now. She just chooses not to, mm-hmm. by the way, people, she, my wife is extremely gorgeous. We just yeah, had our anniversary on Sunday. I might start wearing a midriff so, again. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so I looked down, I looked down the driver's stand and every single dude on the driver's stand was looking straight down and, Maybe other good dudes would have been like, hey, stop looking at me. And I just, I just stood there and then they all looked up and they all looked at me and I just went, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <They're> like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. feel like if you're a woman, I think it is more difficult to get into this hobby a little bit. I, we've seen some, some girls. I mean, I mean, you can always say Rhonda Drake, you know, but um, lo and behold, she married an RC car racer. Not saying, you know, that was destined to happen, but it seemed that way with her and Adam, mm-hmm. Adam Drake. Yeah. What's another one? Uh, Roxy Wiggins girlfriend. No idea. I think it's, I think it's Wiggins girlfriend. She runs a hot bodies. She came to the Plex once hmm. and, uh, 
Yeah, no you know, idea. she did really good and she didn't seem out of place or uncomfortable. But I think sometimes yeah. wives don't want to be there because they do get kind of gawked at in a weird way sometimes. Yeah, I'd kill for that kind of attention. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to wear, uh, if I, if, my son, my son is so skinny and buff that we were, t- we were saying the other day how if, if I look like that, I'd go shirtless everywhere. Like there wouldn't be a yeah, shirt on me. Me too. You know? Yeah, I'd probably start wearing Daisy Dukes again. Yeah. <laughs> Emerson right. was mad that we made him uh we made him wear two shorter shorts to a funeral. Oh. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we better go. I wear shorter shorts so I look taller sometimes. Nice. <laughs> well, we just uh we gotta make sure that we always thank uh Pivot Lending Group. Uh, for their sponsorship of the show so that we can uh, continue to uh, come weekly to you. And uh, of course, uh, the Hobbytown Hobbyplex is the whole reason why we have this show. Now uh, the store has been doing really mm-hmm. well, even with all this going on. So come in and get some stuff if you need it here in Omaha. If not, you know, if you got a PayPal account, we'll ship it to you as long as you pay for shipping. And thanks to all our listeners. It's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, thanks to my wife, Gretchen, for being uh, continuing to be so hot and awesome. That's why we had our uh, anniversary yesterday. So. Woo. How'd your anniversary go? Who'd you, did you cook dinner? We went fishing with Emerson. I caught uh, a couple fish and uh, Emerson did not catch as many fish. So there you go. Take that kid. Yeah. We got to thank your wife too while we're at it. Big thanks to Aaron for letting you, yeah. uh, come up she supports in me in all of my endeavors. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, all right, time to take the blinders off and come back to reality for a little bit here. Like, you raced four times last week or you're at the track four times last week and now you want to do scooter stuff, but the lawn needs mode and the cats need food. So yeah. I need to go to the store, <laughs> but yeah, my wife's really supportive of everything that I do. I mean, I always like be at the track or like on the, you know, all over me and stuff, but, um, she, uh, definitely is supportive of me and I appreciate her and everything she does. All right, we're going to end with that. Thanks for being here with me. And uh, again, thanks to all my listeners. You guys are awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Catch you guys on the flip-flop. Yeah.